0: You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome to the Locked On Red Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jake Devereaux, joined as usual by my co-host, Matt Collins. We're here to bring you the best Red Sox coverage on the Internet Monday through Friday, and we want to be part of your daily routine, so make sure you subscribe to us on Himalaya, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. This is your April 12th edition of the podcast, potentially known as the Turning Point podcast. Hashtag uh, Turning Point. Hashtag Turning Point, where we're going to talk about a huge win by the Sox, walk-off victory, 7-6 to six, over the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, we're going to talk about that in the first half of the show, and then in the second half, we're going to touch on a little Friday on the Farm segment, and, uh, be going over some of these Soxprospects.com uh, rankings and some of the guys that moved there. So, there's some interesting movement, but, uh, let's not waste any time, Matt. We got a big sports night in Boston, Toronto, uh, at Fenway and Toronto at the Garden. Uh, Toronto at the Garden didn't go so well, but, um, you know, we got the Sox back on track, so that's what really matters for us.
0: Well, I mean, what really matters is that UMass is. Right as we speak, 13 minutes away from the finals, but I don't think people really care about that. Uh, yeah, the Red Sox actually won a game and it was very fun. I, uh, I'm not sure for me personally, there's a more fun scenario than Rafael Devers hitting a walk off to score Eduardo Nunez. That just like filled my heart with immense joy.
1: Yeah, uh putting Eduardo in as a uh, pinch runner late was awesome and then him grabbing third was great. It's it's just nice to see Eduardo running so well right now. He uh he yeah. really seems healthy for the first time in a while. Yeah, I
0: mean, he's still not hitting and I mean, there are definite issues. I understand why people get frustrated with him. Um but yeah, I mean, when he's moving, that's that's always been such a big part of his value and especially now that he's not playing every day and Pedroia kind of is the guy at second base? Um, Nunez can be a big factor late in these games as a pinch runner, and we saw it today. As I think that was the first pitch he came in. It was either the first or second pitch he came in, and he immediately stole third. And uh, I mean that changes everything having that guy on third as opposed to second. You feel a little less comfortable throwing that slider, and everything changes.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, but the story of the game has to be the way Mitch Moreland played. Um, Huge home run by him uh, off Biagini, and then the double uh, at the end of the game to tie it up. Um, Moreland was huge. Uh, He's been huge for this team all year so far, Um, and he came up massive again. Uh, Can't say enough good things about Mitch Moreland today, and that uh, that at-bat versus Giles was just incredible. Him getting to those those balls up in the zone and fouling those off and just battling back and uh, hitting that double, it was huge.
0: Yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing. I mean, Giles was dying to put him away with one of those 97-mile-an-hour fastballs. 97-98 up above the zone. and Moreland kept fighting him off. I mean, yeah, he he did this last year, too. Um, I think I'm at the point with him where I'm just enjoying the good times um, because I don't really want to get super sucked in like I have the last few years, but there is a pretty good argument to be made that this team could be winless without him. I mean, he has had massive hits in all of their wins so far. Um, He's, yeah, he's he's been the guy for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, he looked great. Um, like you said, Devers coming up in that key spot. I mean, wasn't much of a hit, but, you know, he did what it he had worked. to do at the infield in, and he got the ball over their heads, so um, well, I mean, that's, that was good. That's
0: kind of the thing. I mean, the infield in, I have I mean, obviously you had to play the infield in at that time, but I just, I always hate playing the infield in just because all you have to do is make contact, and you have, I mean, I don't know the exact odds, but it feels like you have like an 80% chance of it finding a hole And so It didn't His didn't even find a hole He just pounded it straight Into the ground And it bounced up Over everybody's head But uh
1: He just hit it hard enough I guess Yeah
0: You just You just put the ball in play And you have a pretty good chance Of coming through In that situation So Um He's had some really good at-bats This Whole season Um Even before that Little Chopper thing He Destroyed a foul ball That I mean He must have hit that thing 600 miles an hour
1: Yeah Uh yeah, he's thing he's strong.
0: in his own right now.
1: Yeah, it's it's weird to say he's in his zone right now because like we're not he's exactly not, seeing it, you know, translate. But I can I can see that out. he's about to he's about to go on a little run. He yeah,
0: I mean even the quality of contact really hasn't been there that much. But I'm not worried about him making contact. I'm worried about the way he's he approaches at bats. And right now, he's approaching them as well as we've seen.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, We have to talk about the negative things, too, a little bit today. Um, Nate Nogaldi just was not not good uh, today. Um, Five earned runs from him, and then um, that pitch that he just basically grooved down the center to smoke just drove me up a wall. Like, there was just no reason to throw that pitch there. I don't understand that. Like, at that point, uh... you put the guy on. You know, he had already lost them. There's no real point in doing that. I don't understand.
0: That was a really frustrating I bet. Um, um, it's something that the whole pitching staff has gone through. You get a guy to two strikes and he had two outs in that inning and it's like, you just need one more pitch to put him away and Smoke kept fouling it off, fouling it off. I didn't think that pitch was as bad as he seemed to. I mean, it definitely wasn't good, but, uh, it was one of those things where he had tried the cutter a bunch. He had tried everything a bunch, and I think he just said, fuck it, I'm going to try and blow it by him, and he threw it 99, and Smoke is ready for it. I mean, he's more than that home run. um, It was the walks that really stood out to me with him, and it has all year. I mean, last season we saw him. He was hitting the zone all season. He didn't walk anybody, and he walked four tonight. Um I'm trying to bring up his stats right now for his whole season because he's been walking guys. He's got ten walks in his first fifteen innings. I mean, that's bad. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. Um, so I I don't really know. At one of, one of these days, I'm gonna try and dig in, and try and figure out what's going on. But it's it just doesn't look like the guy that we saw last year right now.
1: My issue with with the at bat is more that like he he showed him everything in that at bat, and then you know he gets him into that count. And the thing to do is not put something down the pipe to him at that point. The thing to do is throw a ball or throw a, a pitch that's going to be outside. I don't think you challenge him there. I think you try and get him to space.
0: I I think that's tough because there were already two guys on. And so, I mean, I don't think you're wrong, but I think when you're on the mound in that situation, you're thinking, I don't want to load the bases. Like, Man. that's the last thing I want to happen. So, like, I get where you're coming from, but I just feel like when you're Evaldi and you
1: throw 99
0: miles an hour, you feel like you can get them, even though even, clearly you couldn't.
1: Even though if Evaldi's 99 is straight as a friggin' arrow. That thing is, like, people yeah, picked that up. I mean, yeah, it's not like that, that's that been Evaldi's problem for his career, though. Before he learned how to throw all these pitches off of his fastball, before he learned how to throw the split and the cutter and all these things that he throws now, which actually make him a good pitcher when everything's working, you know, his fastball was just straight for his whole career. And when he was working secondaries off of it that clearly looked different, you know, people were able to wait on the fastball and just punish it. He doesn't yeah. have a very deceptive or uh, fastball with any late movement. I mean, that thing is, it's not tricky.
0: It's the, yeah, it's the Joe Kelly.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, and then he gave up the yeah, that Tellers home run, which, uh, I don't know if you saw the weirdness from stackass tonight. No. They said, did you see that home run? No, I didn't they said it, to
1: tell us one though.
0: Well it was I mean it was a shot. Like it was clearly a home run off the bat. And uh I would say it probably went four thirty, four forty. Stackhouse said it went five oh five. What? <laughs> very, very clearly did not. And then <laughs> Galvis's home run in the eighth, which That's not went that one. yeah, that went like five, ten feet over the bullpen. Yeah. Uh Stackass said it went four hundred and thirty four feet. <laughs> Get out of here. Statcast was uh, very high tonight.
1: Statcast <laughs> was juiced. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they
0: were. they were enjoying their Thursday night for sure.
1: Yeah, apparently so. Uh, JD looked good again. Uh, no surprise there. Bullpen was really solid. Uh, Heath Embry came in, shut him down. Brewer shut him down. Brazier. Brewer looked,
0: Brewer looked phenomenal. Yeah. Like, he's looked good all year, but this outing, I feel like he looked as good as – is probably better than he has in any other outing.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking when I was watching him tonight, what you were talking about, that, you know, the dude doesn't throw anything straight. Everything that he has, yeah, it's I mean, like it's, the opposite of Ievaldi's fastball. Yeah,
0: I mean, he's straight up – he doesn't have a fastball. I mean, yeah. I think he throws it like 5% of the time or something, but he's caught a curveball. And, yeah, I mean, if he's throwing it even close to the zone – you can't lay off it like the, the curveball. He he struck out Loris Coriel on a curveball that was like from like Ken Griffey Jr. and sixty four, like before they figured out how to make graphics. Like it was insane.
1: I I wasn't uh, actually discouraged by uh, Brazier's outing either. I, I thought that splitter was he just got beat on it. I didn't think it. Yeah, was, it wasn't like, a, a particularly pitch. bad pitch or anything. I
0: thought it was a little. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't great. It was a little straight. It was a little bit harder than you want on that pitch. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he, Galvis deserves more credit than Brazier deserves blame for sure. Yeah, Galvis
1: is just crazy hot.
0: I mean, the dude I is, I don't stand what's happening there. He's
1: been 395 on the year. Like, well, yeah, what? he's got an 1179 OPS. It's very <laughs> strange. I know. It's, it's just weird. Um, Marcus Walden, though. I thought it looked the roughest out of out of all the bullpen arms today. Yeah, I
0: don't know why he was pitching. Um, I mean, he got out of it, credit to him. But one-run game, they had the top of the lineup coming up. There was a decent chance that Walden was going to give up, like, three runs and make that uh, borderline blowout. And they already had Barnes warming up. You could have had Thornberg warming up next to him if you wanted to save Barnes for a lead. Um, I didn't really understand that move.
1: Yeah, it was an interesting choice. It was certainly a gamble. I understood it at the time. I didn't like completely hate it because I, you know, liked the idea of being able to bring Barnes in in either a tie game or a, um, if they if they did take the lead. But you know, well, my thing with that was gamble.
0: Well, my thing was that is if you wanted to do that with Barnes, I don't think I would have. But even if you did, I would rather have Thornburg, which I feel crazy saying because. I've never been a big Thornburg guy, but he's looked good, and I definitely feel more confident in him than Walden.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's definitely, definitely possible. Um, I think uh, right now we should probably take a break, and when we come back, we are going to uh, touch on the minor leagues. All right, welcome back. So after that huge win uh, by the Sox, we do have to talk a little bit about the minor leagues because things have gotten started. Uh, And I think that uh, where we're going to start is with the SoxProspects.com list. Such a great list. that Those guys update all the time. Uh, Ian Kundle over there and uh, Chris Hatfield do a great job. So, um, yeah, some movers. Um, I think one of the guys we have to start off the show talking about is uh, Darwinson Hernandez, who jumped up from fifth uh, in their rankings all the way to second and uh, has just looked great so far. Uh, he had that ten strikeout game just a few days ago. Um that's a pretty deserved move all the way up to two, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I um I don't do like a real list, but I kinda have one in my head before the season and I had um I had Shavis casas Hernandez, but I can go back and forth on there. They have Shavis Hernandez casas Um yeah, the ten strikeouts he did have four walks and five innings and uh I forget who it was. I feel bad. But one of the writers for the Portland paper up here um said that all four walks were on four straight balls, um, which is not great. But you see the stuff, ten strikeouts, five innings, that's bananas. Um he's definitely the top among the top of the class though.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's uh that's pretty impressive stuff. And then Uh, Tanner Houck actually moved up a spot for those guys as well, and Tanner Houck reportedly, um, from listening to their podcast over there uh, and some of the reports that I've read uh, from him, he's been pretty nasty in the early going. I guess the fastball's been like 95, 97 um, and the little frisbee slider that he throws has been really working. So him moving up a spot now that he's returned to his normal mechanics doesn't seem like too much of a shock.
0: No, I mean, it's probably more likely that he's going to be a reliever than it was if their changes had stuck. But uh he's a guy that I have heard so many, like, wildly varying reports on that I cannot wait to see him this year. Um because I just have no idea what to make of him right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's going to be one to watch, that's for sure. Um, I kind of tend to agree with you that he's going to be a late-inning <laughs> arm or a bullpen guy, but I think that he could be a really good one, one of those guys that you can pitch yeah. multiple innings and has stuff that's going to be able to dominate right-handers. Yeah,
0: I mean, he definitely has the ceiling of like a eighth-inning type arm.
1: Yeah eighth inning with some some power that he can probably sustain with that frame that he has too he's a huge dude uh one of the other notable things that i wanted to talk about was the fact that they dropped travis Lakens from 16th in their rankings uh, all the way out of their top 20 uh, and reportedly the reason why was that Lakens uh his his stuff has been taken down i guess he was clocked in the high 80s with his fastball and last year he was you know pitching consistently in the low to mid 90s
0: yeah that is uh very upsetting I I love Travis Liggins. um obviously I don't love him as much if his stuff is still trending that way um I I saw him as a reliever once so I don't really have a great feel from him there I saw him as a starter a few times and I really love the arsenal Um, so I'm going to be really bummed out if he is if his stuff continues to trend down that way because um, I think we've talked about him before but he's a guy that at his best he's not like a closer like he's not top all-star level reliever or anything but he goes multiple innings he's got four average-ish pitches and that's just not something you see out of the bullpen very often
1: yeah, I was excited about him, too. I definitely uh thought he looked good at points last year. So hopefully it's just a little blip in the radar, and maybe he can uh kind of regain that stuff as the year goes on and some some additional strengthening happens. So hopefully it's not any sort of a big-time injury concern with him. Um Are there any other movers and shakers on their top 20 that you want to talk about?
0: I mean, I just got to throw a little shout-out to Jaren Duran. Um it is officially Jaron Duran season. He is the best. I love him. Uh, Rob Bradford did a feature on him, which, if EEI is doing a feature on Jaron Duran, it is definitely Jared Duran season. He's hitting 458 to start the season, and he's going to be in Portland by June. That is my prediction.
1: Yeah, that's not a bad start, and uh, guess what? Mr. Triples already has a triple.
0: I, I love him. I love him so much.
1: I want I want the entire league to be Jaren Turan's. Yeah, that dude is awesome. He plays an incredible brand of baseball. Um, I think one other guy I want to touch on before we uh, we get out of here is just Zach Schellinger, um, who is all the way up in Portland this year. So you're actually going to get to see him, Matt. Um, if they
0: ever play, yeah.
1: Yeah, if they ever play. Um, but he was you know he had some injury stuff going on and then he was in the GCL last year and uh, he ended up going to Greenville but he was a guy who um, just didn't get a lot of run uh, and so it's interesting to see him kind of skip over Salem and end up in Portland and it'll be interesting to see how that stuff holds up and you know whether or not Schellinger can kind of put it all together this year. Because he's, yeah. he's not young anymore. He's 23 years old.
0: I think if he stays healthy, he's going to be in the majors this year. Um, I mean, I had people telling me when he got drafted, like, this is a guy to watch if he could stay healthy. And I've been super excited about him for a long time. So I just – I really wanted to stay healthy this year. I just want to see what he can do.
1: Yeah, he's got nasty stuff. So hopefully um – you know, Velo can stay up and he can stay healthy, and I agree with you. It's uh, it's it's nice that he's going to be up in Portland and got that assignment. Um, I think maybe maybe the last thing to note on here is just that um, the top twenty is really dominated by guys who are third base corner types. Uh, well, I guess you could say all corner types because there's a lot of first basemen on there too. But if you if you go down the top twenty right now, you got Chavis. Cossus, Dahlbeck, uh Dahlbeck, Howlett, um, Danny Diaz, uh, Northcutt, um, all those guys. You can probably throw a, guys.
0: Yeah, you can throw Decker in there too. I mean, he's not an infielder, but he's probably going to be a corner outfield guy.
1: Yeah,
0: he might stay in center. I don't really see it, but.
1: So it's just uh, it's it's, a, it's certainly a strength of the team right now down there. I kind the of. Leagues.
0: Yeah, I kind of feel like they are. Maybe I'm giving them too much credit, but it feels like they're kind of zigging when the rest of the league is zagging up the middle and starting pitching. I mean, they have, if you look at this, it's not even just corner guys, it's hard throwing pitchers, a lot of whom are probably going to end up in the bullpen. I mean, you get Hernandez, Houck, uh, who knows is going to have a groom, uh, Feltman, uh, Schwarren might end up, I, I think he's a better starter than people give him credit for, but he might be a a reliever. Alex Scherf might be a reliever. Schellinger's a reliever. I mean, they—they're kind of going all in on these kind of guys that are seemingly undervalued in the amateur market right now.
1: Yeah, I agree. They've done a nice job of rebuilding the system too, and it certainly looks a lot deeper than it did at this point last year.
0: Yeah, they're still missing those top guys. Hopefully, someone like Casas or Anthony Flores. Somebody else can step up and kind of fill that void. But they do have some interesting depth pieces, at least.
1: Yep, that is for damn sure. All right, that about does it for our show today. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, be sure to subscribe to us on Himalaya, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Again, we'll be with you daily, Monday through Friday. If you like the show, please rate and review us. And also give us a follow on Twitter. You can follow the Locked On account at LO underscore Red Sox. You can follow Matt at Matt R.Y. Collins. And you can follow me at, at devjake. Ask us and interact with ask us questions and interact with us there. Urge other Red Sox fans to subscribe to the show as well. And if you like the MLB as a whole, please tune into Locked On MLB to get an overview of what's happening in the league in just 15 minutes. So thanks so much. We'll be with you tomorrow and uh, good luck to UMass.